0: to the Fight Shed Podcast, the podcast that recaps the best of both MMA and boxing events of the past weekend and previews the biggest combat sports events for the next week. Thank you for listening and supporting the Fight Shed Podcast. I'm Daniel, and as always, my co-host, Alan Kirk. Hello, hello. How are you, sir? Good.
1: Did you know that our podcast became really popular in another country? In another country? Yeah. Um, Mexico? No. China? China. Yeah, apparently the uh, Chinese balloon went over us while we were podcasting and recorded our podcast.
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, that, uh, that, that balloon is everywhere. Um, it uh, it uh, opened up, a, what, what, like a billion people of uh, new listeners? It, a whole new... Uh, right. Right. Group of people, you know, it, something good had to come out of that balloon, right? Something, I guess. Oh my gosh! I, I guess they're still looking for the pieces, or did are it go they over water or what? How did that work out? Do you know? I, did you? Are you familiar what happened or everything? I, I'm and gonna this, say yes and no. And this is the first time we had a, a balloon coming over us because, like a okay. few years ago it was also happening. I heard eleven times so yeah. far. it's yeah. come over first time over military
1: bases though. Did you hear about that?
0: But aren't there satellites over military bases all the time? Anyway, that's why we have Google Maps and I could see I could see the B2 bombers from, from Google Maps and I could see everything on there. You would think, right? Like like it, it's not a big deal. Like everyone can see yeah what we're doing no matter what. But doesn't it seem crazy
1: that we allow allowed this balloon just to just kind of go across the sky of the United States. Is
0: it crazy that we do the same thing all the time, no matter what? I mean, we can look pinpoint. My, my brother in laws in in imagery in the uh, United States Marines. Uh-huh. Okay, and he could he could see a license plate number from satellite. Like he can zoom in in that China, box. in wherever in the world he wants to. Can he? Yeah. Okay. I mean, if he can, if he could do it for sure in Iraq and in Afghanistan, he could do it anywhere, right? I'm just thinking if it was like.
1: If this if this balloon was headed towards Putin's country, he would have knocked that bad boy down at the border. Like he's not letting some random balloon just start going across. But we've
0: allowed it 11 times within the last 20, 15 years, probably. Right. So it's like for us. And then we have TikTok. You can't tell me that TikTok is not watching everything that we do already. Oh, I agree.
1: In yeah. fact, in fact, there I guess there's a bill in front of um, Texas right now. Yeah, that's going to I guess prohibit all Texas employees off- employees from yeah. using t- TikTok. Yeah,
0: like um, I work for the state, so we can't have TikTok on like our um, iPads or laptop or anything like that. Do you have TikTok? I don't actually. I don't either. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's one thing I, I refuse to get because I don't want to waste my time. Is yeah there
1: a lot of time waste timing wasting right? there's and you can't get that back and you can't buy time right
0: yeah exactly yeah well
1: the good news is the chinese balloon went across us and hopefully we get a billion uh downloads right? yeah there you downloads. go there you go. go
0: how was your weekend it was great um i mean other than the balloon happening <laughs> that's all that was right? in the news yeah. no i you know what i didn't do much i mean i um oh my daughter competed in a uh Violin in a like a state, regional contest. Okay, and for like what for violin? To, she's she she plays a violin. Oh yeah, she plays a violin. Oh wow! And she um okay. she got rated one. So one is like one out of five, but it goes the opposite way. So a five is bad. A one's superior. And what she she get? got a one? Yeah. So, what? Yeah. So she's doing pretty good. She's, she's that tri- good. She's not. So allowed to did play. you go watch her perform? No, you're not allowed to. Parents weren't allowed to go in there what? and watch. Yeah, you just they just. Go in there, perform in front of the judges, and then leave.
1: Wow, that's yeah, kind of strange. Yeah, so, huh. but yeah,
0: she 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 had to dress up and okay, go do all that, and so she had, that's what we did this um this Saturday and Sunday. We just kind of hang out and enjoy the nice weather on y- Sunday. It, it was it was a far cry from five days earlier. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. How yeah. about you? How was your weekend?
1: It's good. I went back to Dallas, uh, had a Mardi Gras party. I know it seems a little early. Our friends decided to have one, so uh, we all dressed up with our beads on and played games and whatnot, and uh, they actually let me put on the fight. Oh, the so you watch fight. that. Oh, there
0: yeah. you go. Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah, Uh and what was interesting about it was not only did they let me put on the USC fights, I actually watched the Bellator.
0: Oh, the, okay. It was on CBS. Yeah, so I, I watched. Did I? Wa- I watched um, a little bit of the Bellator. The, 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 at least the last one, right? The, the main event. Yeah. There was only three events on on CBS in the first place. There was, yes. And so, but um, what do you think about? It? How did that make you feel? You are more of a, a historian within UFC and been a, a follower of the UFC for many more years than I have. Yeah. And you've known a uh, a Fedor. And his prime, the prime Fedor. And uh, how did that make you feel? Sad. Yeah. Really sad. Like, we'll talk about it later
1: um, because another uh, fight made me really sad. But, uh, you know, I've always toyed with myself of did Khabib leave too soon undefeated? Did Mm -hmm. George St. Pierre leave too soon? They're in their prime. I want to continue to see him fight. But watching that fight and watching Fedor lose the way he did and just be a shell of the, of a fighter of what he used to be in his prime right. made me want to change my attitude about it. Made me want to have some of my fader, uh, fi- favorite fighters leave on a high note because Fedor in the last three fights have got has gotten so progressively worse that it's just like, I, I personally think it tarnishes his record. Every time you lose, for me, you continue to tarnish your record.
0: Um, yeah, and he, he fought against Ryan Bader, which, yes. which he already lost to. Yes. He got knocked out in the first round also. Um, but, yeah, it's one of those things that he leave too late in his career. Kind of like Anderson Silva. Right. The
1: GOAT, some would argue the GOAT of that division. But, you know, he started losing, you know, his last few fights to... In my opinion, not elite fighters, and it kind of tarnished his record. And it shouldn't be like that. And I know I shouldn't be like that, but right. it is what it is. And it just, yeah, it was really sad. It it, it, yeah. it can
0: be sad. Um, yeah. same thing with Shogun. Remember Shogun yeah. a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, another one of those um late links to the past. Um, but yeah, it was. I I saw Fedor fight a couple uh times already. This is like the third time I've seen him fight. I've seen him fight, uh, of course, the, the both of the Bader fights. And I was kind of really disappointed. I was like, "That's that's Fedor, you know." And where, yeah. but if you look at his record, I mean, his record speaks for himself. For itself, and uh, you know, there's much respect to him and what he's done and what he's accomplished. Bad the the bad thing about it, he just never, for one reason or another, and I'm sure there's reasons he never made it to the UFC or was um, uh, had the opportunity, or maybe he did, he just didn't want to go into the UFC. Yeah. So yeah. one or the other. So um, too bad for that. But, yeah, so I watched that, and then we had some boxing on Friday night and boxing on Saturday night. Yeah, it was. It was um, nice. It was really nice. Um, we'll just go ahead and jump right into our boxing um, recap for this past weekend. Kicking off our weekend was a Friday night fight, um, two fights on ESPN Plus, live from uh, Glendale, Arizona, the site, of course, of this weekend's uh, Super Bowl. Do you have a favorite in the Super Bowl right now? I'm supposed to be rooting
1: for NFC East team, right?
0: No. Philadelphia? No, you're not supposed to. You don't know. Of course not. Why, why would you ever? That's I, terrible. I know. I know. That's, that's terrible that's, philosophy. That's a so I'm going with the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. Me, yes. me too. Shout out to the Chiefs. But we do have kicking off the the Friday night fight Arnold Barbosa Jr. bringing in his undefeated record against the savvy veteran, um, Jose Pedrosa. Two
1: fighters that put in a solid performance on this night, with the gatekeeper of this
0: division making it a tough night out for the favorite. Like we said last week, uh, Pedraza, he's going to be a skillful fighter. He's going to be in there. It's going to be hard to knock him out. Um, He's going to test every, uh, I guess, skill that you may have. And Barbosa, it just kind of showed that he was just a couple steps above uh, Pedraza, uh, even though it was a hard fight. Yeah, you could tell that
1: Pedrasa uh, is a seasoned veteran. He was really smart. He actually turned Southpaw at one point. Mm -hmm. Barbosa uh, was having a little trouble adjusting to that different
0: style. He wasn't ready for it. But Barbosa comes in. He's undefeated, stays undefeated, gets his um, decision win. Um, I mean, do you think this is the next up-and-comer in this division? Do Do you feel like he's... Someone to um, really look forward to down the road? Yeah, I think so. I think
1: it was a really good test for Bar- uh, Barbosa Jr. Uh, he overcame some adversity as he progresses in his boxing journey. So, yeah, I think we're uh,
0: going to see some great things from Barbosa. Um, so, do you have someone in mind that maybe for that division?
1: Well, uh, he said that he is calling out... Uh, A couple other oppositions as he steps up, Uh, he says he wants either a world title fight or one of top ranks, other two big names at 140. He wants Teofimo Lopez or Jose Ramirez.
0: Uh, Yeah, he's ranked number five on BoxRec. Other than that, I mean, I don't see anybody else... Um, that's available, I guess. Uh, maybe yeah. Regis, Regis Porgres if he, because I think he's going to fight Carlos Ramirez later on. So I think Teofilma Lopez may be the next um, logical step for him uh, going up. Um, but it's, it's a really fast uh, ascent ascend for, um, I don't know, Bar- Bar- Barbosa Jr. Now 28-0. Or
1: 29-0. Is it? Though? I think so. I, think I mean, he's got almost 30 fights under his belt and hasn't been beaten yet. I mean, what when do you expect him to fight a Teofimo Lopez. Well,
0: where he is 31, and I'm not saying that yeah. he's not ready for Teofimo Lopez. It's just like last year we weren't talking about him in the top five, Absolutely. top ten. Yeah. And so – um He's just thrust into this division, I guess, with the losses of like Gary Russell Jr., uh, Jack Catterall, um, all these people that were up uh, up ahead of him, and the inactivity of, let's say, a Ryan Garcia and all that. Yeah, I think that's just one reason why he's been thrusted thrusted into the top five now, calling and demanding for a title shot. Whereas a year ago, we probably didn't really see him on the radar just yet. No,
1: you're you're right. But I think uh, with his resume now having the gatekeeper of the division on it and a win over him, he I th- I believe he deserves a title shot or at least very very close with another elite fighter in this division.
0: Definitely. Next up, what we do next up that Friday we did have um, again live from Glendale, Arizona, uh, the main event of the evening: Emmanuel Navarrete versus Liam Wilson in a super featherweight um, championship clash. Uh, man. It, uh, Wilson came in an eight to one
1: underdog an absolute war between these two fighters. That was really a back and
0: forth battle back and forth. I mean, okay. Navarrete, he starts off slow. I, he's notorious as a slow starter and he, same thing. He started off the first couple of rounds really slow. I, I, in my eyes, he won those rounds, but really wasn't um, making it convincing. Um, and Liam Wilson he came in as a late replacement for Navarreta's other foe, um, but man, the Australian comes in and really puts on a show too. Wilson's
1: had one clear weapon coming in this fight; that it was good. a dangerous and powerful left left hand. And in round four, Nar- Nar- Navarrete felt it.
0: Man, the first time in Navarreta's career that he's tasted the canvas um what do you think let's talk about let's let's zero in on that knockdown right that's going to be the controversy for this fight right so fourth round he gets caught he finally goes down he puts his glove down right and he like he touches his glove to the canvas but i think liam wilson sends in another shot to the head and that's really what puts him down i mean he was already down Sure, but okay, and so that's not part of the controversy. The right? controversy. I think that should be because should that's a late. That's a late hit. His glove was already on the ground. What? It, what do they always say? Protect yourself. Right, but I mean, whenever you're down, you're down. Yeah, right. That's that's. I
1: didn't see it as him as I, he's down. The the ref should pull you know Liam Wilson back. I didn't see that. I say. think so because if you have one, I'm not saying it didn't glove. Yeah. is down.
0: Yeah. You know, because you're, you're like holding yourself up with your glove. Uh, and, and inadvertently, right? And it's not Liam yeah. Wilson was trying to be dirty or right, anything. Right, He just, he caught him. And that I think that should uh, be a topic of conversation also. Sure. However, okay, so that's not it. We do have a, a standing eight count, right? We do. <laughs> and then there was a few more seconds added on to this, uh, to well, this knockdown.
1: I, I watched it a few times. Right. And about seven seconds yeah. into the to the eight counts, he spits out his spits mouthpiece. It, yeah. Veteran right? move,
0: veteran move.
1: V- veteran move, right? The ref stops at eight. Then he asks if he's okay. He picks up the mouthpiece, gives it to Nervante, who then delays putting the mouthpiece in. So right. now he's delaying. He's not even trying to get it back right. in his mouth. For me, great strategy. If you're allowed to do it and the ref allows you to do that, why should it be a controversy? If anything, you should be yelling at right. the ref for allowing that to happen.
0: Well, I mean, nitpicking, right? I I mean, how hard is it to put your my, mouthpiece in? It's not. I mean, I think it is. If you're if you don't have no hands, you you have just your glove and you're trying to hold uh, already a uh, slobbery Okay. piece of rubber, so, okay. putting it in your mouth, adjusting it to your teeth, right? And that's why you have no, the, the the coaches put it in your mouth. I,
1: I kind of feel like after uh, let's see, Navarotti, thirty six fights that he's probably
0: figured out how to put a mouthpiece in. And I, after thirty six fights, has never hit fall out of his mouth, ugh. right? So I make it up excuses for you my have, favorite you have, fighter. You have right? been
1: paid <laughs> off by Navarotti's team, Navarante's team.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it was a devastating yeah. shot. Uh, yeah. Liam Wilson. Um, kind of he okay. So the ref wasted time right there, right? Yeah, sure, that. Sure. But Wilson also wasted time on trying to get the knockout. I think. I think sure. he, couldn't, he, couldn't he didn't capitalize it. on it. He did not capitalize. No. And you know, okay, the bell rings. Navarrete almost you know gets a minute to recover. Fifth round comes up, and Liam Wilson still you know he's Navarette still on shaky legs, still wobbly, still it's still cloudy up there. Well, Liam Wilson still didn't try to capitalize on that. I think
1: Liam Wilson's game plan was to counter Navarate's yeah. aggressiveness. Because in every fight Navarate is very aggressive right. and his opponent's always backpedaling. And since Navarate ended up not being aggressive after getting knocked down and right. being more tactical, that know. kind of that got makes a lot Wilson. Of sense. Yeah. Because yeah. uh this is this opponent was the first guy that was able to find a strategy against Navarrete's aggressiveness and it left him vulnerable. I right. mean, Navarrete was vulnerable by by that approach by yeah. Liam Wilson's tactics. But I think it all changed once he went down and Navarrete got real
0: smart, real quick. Yeah, real yeah. smart. Started yeah. changed up his game plan. Yeah, I think Navarrete was really smart by yeah. going towards the body more. He he did a lot of body shots against Liam Wilson. Um, Liam Wilson. You know, of course, I think in the ninth round we have another knockdown, but this time on the other side of the, yes. of the ring, where William Wilson goes down, and then the veteran Emmanuel Navarrete, the thirty-six fight yeah. fighter, yeah, closes the show. And I need my favorite
1: fighters to go through adversity. Right. If if you never go through adversity, you don't learn from that experience. Right. So I'm glad he got knocked down because guess what. He he gonna get knocked down anytime soon. He's not gonna let that happen. I mean, he's too good a fighter.
0: Oh, you yeah, know, definitely. And I think yeah. too. I think a little bit of coming in. You know, okay. Well, I gotta fight Liam Wilson, a replacement too. I think Jose Cepada yeah. Um Cepeda, like that, that was supposed to fight him, who pulled out with an injury. Um, well, ah, just take care of business here. I don't have to work as hard at yep. training cap. And you know, even the commentators are saying how soft Navarrete looked yes. coming in. And so I think that's never gonna happen for him. I think this is another weight class. So he's a three time um three three division champion now, Navarrete winning this fight by TKO in the ninth round. Um I mean, gosh, I mean the the, the cards we stacked against Liam Wilson. But I think, too, for Navarrete, he's coming into a new weight class. Yep. We always talk about how hard my, 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 it might be. Does his power transit, translate to this division? Yep. And we clearly see, you know, it did. It, I feel like it did. I mean, there's some shots that probably would have knocked out a smaller opponent or or at the le- lower cl- weight class. Yep. Um, but I think um, Navarrete really proved himself in this division. He did,
1: and like you said, uh, he's thirty-seven and one now. He actively holds world titles in two divisions, and he still has the WBO featherweight title. Um, for me personally, I think he stays at one thirty, and he defends his belt against Oscar Valdez next.
0: That yeah, uh, is it is that who he's supposed to fight? Was There's it Oscar Valdez? It. Because I think that was who he was supposed okay. to not not Zapata, Um Sepeda. It was Valdez, and so that's the fight to make now. That or 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 a rematch. I I wouldn't be
1: unhappy with it. I mean, I think they both gained a lot of experience from this, and I think it would probably be even a better fight now that they know each other's style.
0: Yeah, I, and I think you know, of course, Liam Wilson has uh, grounds to kind of be upset, right? With yeah. with this um with the with a twenty something second. Uh, knockdown that he had um so you know maybe that's something that he'll will uphill and uh you know see if he can get a rematch
1: and look liam wilson's 26 years old he's still young he's only 11 and two after this fight right. i mean he he still has a lot of experience again i think he's gonna be a great elite fighter in this division
0: i think so too uh, if, if if not anything else but a good stepping stone or or you know stepping stone towards the top of the division yep Well, next up, we do have on Saturday another main event, Amanda Serrano versus Erica Cruz, live from New York, New York in the Hulu Theater in Madison Square Garden um, in the featherweight division. A fight
1: that saw both fighters put on a performance that may be worthy of a
0: fight of the year honors. Well, if you like boxing, you love this weekend. Yes, absolutely. This Friday and Saturday, Saturday night, especially Amanda Serrano, the veteran, The savvy ready. Even walking in the first round, she looked elite. Yes. Right. Uh, Erica Cruz looked shocked. Like, I don't want to be in here. But she came out swinging, man. She, she was throwing was volumes, it. man. And I think that was that. That's the um, that's the shock and all, right? Like I'm here. I'm just gonna do my best. Let it go. Let it go. Yep. Nothing to lose and absolutely yes. nothing to lose. Amanda Serrano had everything to lose, right? Yes. She had all those belts to lose. Um, but Erica Cruz, you know, just put it in gear. And she did what she only knew how to do, and that's to brawl. And that's what she did.
1: And the unfortunate part about it was. We had an accidental headbutt, and that literally Cruz
0: was a different person after that. After you're that right, cut, you're right. She couldn't. She couldn't focus. Right. She, the blood. I mean, it's terrible cut. Terrible yeah. cut. Not. And it wasn't even on her face. It was on the top of her head. Yes. But it was gushing blood toward into her eyes. Um. You're right. I think after the fifth round, Cruz, like fourth or fifth round, yeah. Cruz was not the same. And she was winning the first three. I four thought she rounds. was winning the fight, and that says a lot against hey, Serrano. And Serrano, even though I, I do feel that Cruz was winning the fight up until that point, yeah, Serrano looked sharp. I mean, just oh, her stance, her yeah. punching abilities. It's just Cruz was just catching her. It was just catching her. Serrano didn't know, um, didn't expect that. Didn't expect this a uh, no name to come have the audacity to come into my city, New York City, right, and uh, brawl with me.
1: We know Serrano's game style yeah. is to stand in the middle and bang, and most of her opponents won't do that with her, and and rightfully so. I mean, yeah. she'll knock you out. I think she was shocked that Cruz was going to stand there and bang with her and take everything that she took and give it back out and dish it to her. I I think they were both shocked at at the performances of each other's opponent. Yeah,
0: I mean, Erica Cruz showed put on a gutsy performance in front of New York City. Um, now everybody knows who Erica Cruz is, knows what kind of brawler is. Who knows what kind of fight we would have had if there was not an accidental headbutt? But um, Amanda I Serrano does close out with a dis- majority dis or a unanimous decision win. Um, but Erica Cruz leads probably almost uh, also a winner. Because now everyone knows who she is. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell you, even though she lost
1: this fight, she's learned from this experience. I think that she could contend for a championship if Serrano ever decides to leave down the road this division, you know. Yeah, definitely. And
0: you, you did see who was in the crowd, right?
1: Yeah, so uh, after the fight, uh, Serrano said, I've successfully completed all my dreams, but... Becoming undisputed champion was great, Serrano said, as she has avoided answering what she wants to do next, before her trainer popped her head in to say, we go to Ireland next. Serrano then said she has unfinished business with Katie Taylor.
0: So that's a move up, isn't, isn't that right? That's a move no, be up. A a division. move up. Wow. Yeah. No, well, I mean, Katie Taylor was there watching the fight, watching the strategy that Erica Cruz has. It does you know Katie Taylor's already beat Sedano once already um and i think you know she may have seen something different in Sedano where i think you know i i feel like this ha- the fight's going to happen right pretty soon um, it, it, it's already they ran the promo that night yeah yeah it's already
1: it's may uh, it's 20th, done. right?
0: may 20th so, may 20th it's on i mean i don't know if um i mean looking at this from right now trying to make my prediction i still see Katie Taylor winning the fight because of the, ta- the, the the tactical she is. And she, uh, man, Katie I Taylor's don't know. also a brawler.
1: I don't know. I, I think we're getting...
0: A war, for sure.
1: We're getting a war. I think this is Rocky versus Apollo Creed number two, <laughs> right. where Apollo Creed won. You could have argued that Rocky won. And I'm going to tell you, I can argue yeah. a good point that Serrano won that fight. It was literally back and forth. They were both on the ropes at one point in that match.
0: Well, how old is Amanda Serrano? She's uh, what in her early thirties, I think.
1: Amanda Serrano is thirty-four. Thirty-four. She didn't look thirty-four
0: Saturday, did she? I don't think. She, I don't think she looked less than thirty-four. I don't think she looked older than thirty-four. Yeah, she's probably right where she is, right? But Katie Taylor's, what early twenty, late twenties, probably about a six-year difference, maybe, probably. Well, conspiracy no BS. Al would right. say
1: Katie Taylor should drop the the drop the next one so they can have a three be even bigger. You know, yeah. I mean, imagine yeah. that <laughs> that right. fight, right? Right. I'm yeah. gonna tell you, I I'm going I'm gonna go out on the limb. I don't think it's a very big limb. I like Serrano in the next fight, man. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, we'll see the build up yeah. into that. But right now, my my bet is with Katie Taylor, um, and of course yours with the Serrano yeah but what a great fight oh my gosh. Saturday night, right? friday and saturday yeah. night right friday night it was it was the night of the underdogs right it was. friday and saturday night yeah. both underdogs came in fighting for titles um and both produced and both showed out and um, left everything in the ring and uh, hats off to them you know for, for showing up because serrano should have been that nobody that you know that our crew should have been that nobody that you know serrano Should have knocked that in the first round. And almost kind of had her in the first couple rounds. Almost had her wobbly. So um, hats off to them. I mean, just a great night of boxing all around. Well, that brings us to this week's boxing preview. And this one is right down the road, live from San Antonio in the Alamo Dome. It's on February 11th. Ray Vargas versus Oshiki Foster in a super featherweight division clash. This is at
1: 130 pounds. Shakur Stevenson. And Oscar Valdez are some of the other chants. Now, this is on Showtime. Uh, it is for the vacant WBC World Superweight title. Now, Ray Vargas is 32 years old, 36-0 with 22 KOs, and he is currently ranked first in this division. His last fight was a win by decision July of last year, and he debuted in 2010. O'Sheaqee Ice Water Foster is 29 years old. 19 2 with 11 KOs, he is currently ranked third in this division. His last fight was a win by decision March of last year, and he debuted in 2012. Now, Vargas is a minus 225, and Foster is a plus 150.
0: Ray Vargas is from Mexico City. He stands at 5'7 with a 70 and a half inch reach. He now has a 61% knockout rate with notable wins against Mark McSayo, Leonardo Baez, and Tomaki Kameda. He has no losses. O'Shea Foster is from Orange, Texas. He stands at 5'8 with a 72 inch reach. He now has a 57% knockout rate. Notable wins come against Miguel Roman, John Fernandez, and Frank DeAlba. Notable losses come against Alberto Mercado and Jesus Bravo. Live from the Alamo Dome. Live from right down the road from right us. Right down the road. Yeah. I'm a Ray Vargas
1: fan, and I'm going to tell you that un- undefeated Kool Aid. Record he's got, 36-0. and 0. Um, I'm saying him by KO in the fifth round. Uh,
0: I think this is going to be a decision win for okay. Vargas. And did you happen to um, see who's on the undercard of this uh, I did not. Fight? Enlighten well, we have, um, me. The return of Mario Barrios. Remember, he, he fought... Against Javante Davis oh, and right. also uh, Keith Thurman. Okay. Those are his last two fights, of course, the last two losses. Um, but former world champion from San Antonio, Mario Barrios, is taking on Giovanni Santiago in a super lightweight division clash. So, man, um, it's got San Antonio, um, a Texas native, another Texas native, went in Foster. He's fighting in front of a quote unquote hometown crowd. But however, I'm pretty sure that's going to be a lot pro Mexican fight. Yeah. Uh, a crowd there too So
1: Well look Those last two losses Were against Super elite fighters Super elite fighters. Right Like not elite
0: They're super elite Super elite I have
1: I, I have no worries That he will not He will b- Bounce back In oh, this yeah. next fight Oh, and, oh yeah and, No and definitely and Mario
0: Barrios so He's, yeah. uh, he's uh, a A warrior A true warrior Well that wraps up Our boxing preview Now on to our Boxing news And notes Eddie
1: Hearn Comes out and says At 160 pounds 68 pounds Not Canelo's requirement for a Bevel rematch. Bevel has asked to look into it. Demetri Bevel isn't obligated to fight Canelo Alvarez again in the light heavyweight division, let alone at the super middleweight limit of 168 pounds. Alvarez nevertheless hopes Bevel is open to moving down from the light heavyweight maximum of 175 to 168, the division in which the Mexican icon is the undisputed champion. So, what do you think about Beevil moving down in weight to fight for Canelo's titles?
0: I don't think he should have to. I, I don't. I think Canelo should be the one moving up. I mean, moving down—that's. I think that's a lot harder than the moving up. It is. But what? What? What do you, what do you think the thoughts of well, the Bevel,
1: uh, uh, of Bevel uh, thinking about doing like saying, "Hey, that. yeah, entertaining that." Yeah,
0: man. I don't know what the thoughts are. I mean. I guess to win more belts because above Bevel is heavyweight division, right? So does yes. he not think that uh, or cruiserweight? That, it's actually cruiserweight. Is it cruiserweight? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, yeah. there's nobody in that. So why why not go up in there? And I say nobody respectfully, but there's no big names in that cruiserweight Usyk division. Used to be. Usyk, yeah, used to be. Yeah. I think right now, I think it's um, uh, Oakley, I think. Yeah, yeah, and Yeah. There's several other names. I think it would be easier if he wanted more belts. Because what do you gain going down another division?
1: Well, here's the thing. And this is what his manager said, Dimitri Bevil. Even though it's a big money fight. I mean, if he was moved down, it's going to be a big money fight. right? Bevil's not about the money that he said. He's about legacy and he's about being an undisputed champion. So, the motivation would be there for him to go, I could collect four more titles. I mean, that on my resume against... Arguably the goat, right. <laughs> you know Canelo. I mean, gosh, that's kind of that's kind of interesting. All I'm saying is, all we've looked at is one angle of him of Canelo always moving up. Right. What if Bevel comes down to try to take his belt? But again,
0: I think if like like you said, Beevil's not about that. Right. Know? He he's like you said, legacy. Because the opportunity for him to fight in May is there already. If he right. wanted to, right, yep, yep. right against Canelo, um, no matter what division. Um, but that's not what he is. I think he's got that mentality. He's like, I've already beat him. What do I, what what do I have to prove now?
1: He he has everything to lose. Yeah. If you if they fight again, really, because he's he's been there, done that. He doesn't right. need to fight Canelo again.
0: Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm not in agreement. Yeah. I think if Canelo wants his titles, he needs to go and get take bevil's titles sure. and not defend his own titles. Yep. Well, it looks like the Javante um, Davis and Ryan Garcia fight. Uh, although the date has been set, it has not been, um, I guess, complete. The signed t- off, signed on? off on, and agreed upon. I think there's several provisions that both fighters are still fighting for. So we're still got this in limbo. Just,
1: uh, uh, typical boxing, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, are uh, we surprised? Are we surprised? I'm not. I'm disappointed. Yeah. Why is it got to be so difficult?
0: And I'm pretty sure it's like some kind of random. Random issue, some like I need to have ten free tickets or, you know, front row seats for my entourage or whatever. Yeah. And this and that. I don't know. I'm just being. They, they
1: have they have rider. Commitments that they need, right?
0: Right. They need right. to have all blue M and M's. That's exactly my, what I was is that say. what you're saying. Is that, is that the Mariah Carey demand or something like that? I've uh, heard. I, I, actually, I think she has something like.
1: I think that. it's like Rolling Stones or something. Oh was. my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> they're like, I need blue M and M's only. Pick the divas, yeah. the
0: divas. Yeah. Well, I mean, but we are talking about boxing, so we, there's a lot of divas out there. There is in yeah. boxing.
1: Yep. So
0: Devin Haney has
1: come out and said, "I might move to 140 pounds to." F up FIMO Lopez. <laughs> Undisputed lightweight champion Devin Haney is all in on his next on uh, on his next opponent facing Lomachenko, but he's already sending preemptive strikes towards another opponent in a new division. Haney and Lomachenko will meet sometime this spring, and if Haney defends his 135 titles, he might move up to 140 immediately after. Haney has openly shared that he is increasingly becoming more difficult to make the lightweight limit, a division the 24-year-old has competed in ever since he turned pro in 2016. A move to super lightweight would mean that a long-awaited clash against Teofimo Lopez Jr. could finally become a reality. What do you think about that?
0: I mean, once you win all your titles, I think that you get bored, right? I, sure. I think that's one of the things that happens whenever. I think that's the drawback of winning all the titles. Once you do it, then what? What's there left to do in that division? I like guess next thing is to move up and start all over and um, pick fights. And I and I, and I I I'm sad to see David Haney leave because there's so many great fights in that division to make. But that's even uh, one of the fights that I would love to have seen.
1: Yeah, so let me dissect this with two questions for you. One, man, should you really be looking past even discussing other opponents against Lomachenko? Right.
0: That is a tough night out. Right, right. Yeah. Because Lomachenko's hungry. Very hungry. Hungry for that. Yeah. Former world
1: champion Lomachenko. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's... And then... He's looking to fight another super elite fighter after Lomachenko Right. And Timo Fimo Lopez. I mean, that's not an easy day out.
0: No, and he's not even the title holder. Yeah. So then you still gotta go move up and uh go against a Regis Pro a Josh Taylor, Regis Prograce, whoever has those titles at that time.
1: So the next two fights, do you who do you like? Lomachenko or Haney?
0: Um, I think I, I like Haney. Okay, I like and then Haney. after
1: he wins that one, do you like him against Lopez beating him?
0: I think I think uh um, Haney will still win that one. you think so? Yeah. Uh, Lopez uh, Lopez has not returned to the person that I thought he was at the beginning before he lost to Lomachenko. Um so I'm waiting for that. So hopefully yeah. he gets a fight between now and the uh the uh, Haney fight you know probably and maybe prove himself that to be back into the uh that stature. What if Haney loses to Lomachenko? Why would why would uh, Teofimo fight him then? That's Teofimo fight beat Lomachenko. Yeah. So right. yeah, yeah. So then there it, it could goes. be an
1: all-in. This is an all-in for Haney, right? right? Right. Against a very formidable.
0: And they player. they don't like each other at all. Haney, Haney and and well, who who are their trainers too? You see, oh, you know, their fathers. Their fathers. Uh, of course. All of all three. this whole triangle. Of, right. Uh, of course. Teofimo. I think uh, Lomachenko's daddy is yeah. his trainer, Haney's dad, and Teo I think
1: us. we all know how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next year for Haney. Yeah,
0: definitely. Well, it looks like we have another big fight set up this um, this spring on March 18th. Um, it's a high-stakes crossroads fight between former world champion gilberto zurdo ramirez who's now 44 and one and memories coming off of that loss against dimitri bivo back in november 22nd he's fighting the former title content former title contender king gabriel rosado who's 26 and 16 a very even though his record says otherwise he's a really game Uh, contender great challenge for sudo uh, ramirez Um, again this is going to be on march 18th and the location has yet to be determined
1: well we are going to find out what ramirez is really like after a loss
0: because we've never seen it yet right definitely i mean another mexican fell to um demetra And, um, yeah, let's see how he reacts to his first loss against a, like I said, formidable opponent in Rosado. I think in 2021, he had the knockout of the year in 2021. sure. And so, um, yeah, I'm... I'm really excited to see this. Oscar De La Hoya is putting this one on. It's going to be live um, from Golden Boy Promotions on the Zone. And, again, I think the, the location has yet to be decided, but it will be March 18th. Okay. Do you have any other news and notes? I do not. All right. Well, that wraps things up for our boxing segment. Now on to our MMA segment. Well, we have a recap of UFC fight night ESPN 42 whatever you want to call it the main event being Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivek kicking us off on our recap we do have a Marcin Tabura versus Bogoy Ivanov in a heavyweight division clash
1: a fight that had two European heavyweights trying to build on their single victories in their last outing
0: Marcin Tabura kind of took to control this whole fight, um, I gave him every single round. There's not much I think that was that stood out between us. It was a really good fight, a really good brawl um, between the two men. For me, it wasn't anything special for this fight.
1: Well, you read my notes because that's exactly what I put. Yeah, Tiber controlled the fights, mm-hmm. and ending rounds on a good note, which uh, gave him favor in the judging. I mean, it, there wasn't anything flashy. Yeah, it was a workmanlike fight from both of them. Um, I thought Tiber was using his leg kicks early, working his jab. I think he was real hesitant to get close to those hands of his opponent, And, yeah, I mean, his game plan worked for a victory.
0: Yeah. I mean, Inavob really showed off his um, his uh, work rate with uh, really nice body shots and everything. Uh, but, again, you know, we do have a unanimous decision win for Marcin Tiberia, 30-27, 29-28, and 29-28. Um, what do you think's next for T- Tiberia?
1: Twenty four and seven, eleven and six in UFC now. A good win, two fight uh win streak now. I think he's gonna keep going up the ladder in this division. I like right above him a
0: Rosenstruck fight. Yeah, definitely. He's he is seven one seven and one in his last eight fights, and um, was ranked tenth. And I have the same thing. How about uh Josino Rosenstruck um right there staring ahead him, who's at ranked number nine? Yep. How about for um Ivanov? 19-5, 3-4 and four in the USC
1: Hard-fought uh, match for him. Uh, I like him fighting a Chris Dukakis, who is sitting at 17th, who is also coming off a couple losses.
0: Same thing. I have a Chris Dukakis here um, for, that's there. But I think one thing that surprises me is the height of Ivanov. Yeah. He's 5'11".
1: He's a little undersized for that division. For that division. Yeah, I mean, can absolutely. you imagine
0: fighting, him fighting a, um, I mean, uh, what, a Cyril Gaon who's 6'4", 6'5"? You know, that was one of the only negatives about uh, Daniel
1: Cormier. He was That's a little true. shorter for that division too, yeah. a little shorter than everybody else, you know? Yeah,
0: and but he, yeah, and he, but he took control, as yeah, we all know. Yeah, Absolutely. Next up on the card we have Devin Clark versus Daun Young in a light he- heavyweight division clash. About that had all the makings of a fight of the night honors. Um, yeah. You know what? Actually I didn't catch this fight uh, on this, so kind of fill me in. Uh, well, I can tell you this much. If you like wrestling, this okay. is the match for you.
1: Because there yeah. were lots of takedowns. I mean, defensive takedowns. Scrambling okay. to recover to get out of takedowns. Uh it was I mean, they their game plan was the same. I'm going to try to take you down and work ground control to win this fight. I mean, that's exactly what this was, and it was it was hard fought by both of them. I mean, both of them had to scramble to get out. Both of them were at one point in in the defense on the ground on their back. One point they're uh, in the offense on top. I mean,
0: so just kind of switching back, rolling yeah, around, and really yeah. good wrestling match. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, well, in the end, we do have Devin Clark defeating Daun Young in a unanimous decision, 30-27, 30-27, and 30-27, so 30-27 across the board. Um, So it looks like Devin Clark did enough to win every single uh, round in the eyes of the judges.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And did you see it that way, too? I did, yeah. I I saw that, again, this is uh, like the previous match where Clark was always ending on a good note, whether he was... uh, you know, on top, mm-hmm. or he was uh, having good defense takedowns because those judges were having to mark points for uh, defending takedowns. Right. Yeah, know? definitely. Yeah.
0: So, what do you think is next for Devin Clark? Who's um, I think is this his first fight in a long, in a while, or maybe second um, fight in within the last two three years
1: yeah it's it's been about it's been about a year year and a half since he's fought he's 14 7 8 and 7 in the ufc back in the win column uh i like a fight with jim crute who is fighting this weekend and i think the scheduling should match
0: up okay um i like him um uh, fighting how about kennedy and jayku i think is coming off a win also yeah and he's ranked uh, was ranked 24th uh, the last time I checked. So I think it's uh, probably an even thing, even a match, and to see who moves on to, uh, up into this division.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: What do you think about Da Jung? 15 4 and 1, 4 2 and
1: 1, the UFC. I thought it was a very good fight for him. I thought he got a lot of experience um, coming out of this one. I like a fight with Ian Kutalaba. Uh, should be next for him,
0: who is coming off a loss in his last couple fights. That's exactly what I have in my notes. Uh, uh, Owen, he he is um, not as experienced as we want him to be, but um, Ian Cotillaba also is needing a win also. So uh, I like that fight, but Ian Cotillaba is a, is a tough yeah. night out. That is a tough night out. Next up on the card, we have the main event of the evening: Sergey Spivak versus Derek Lewis in a heavyweight division clash. A fight that was supposed to happen back in November finally saw these two lock horns. I mean, what can we say? I mean, are we seeing a decline of Derek Lewis? Because this is the first, the second time in a row that we see Derek Lewis come out and get taken out in the first round, um, either by a TKO or this time by a submission. He looked like in the best shape of his life. He did. So, he, looked, he looked He looked. great, did it, he not? If this were to stay standing up, then I think he would have had a chance. But Serby Spavek knew what he had to do. He, he knew the g- he game knew plan, plan against Lewis. He had to right? get him down. And that's the first thing right. he get, goes in there, gets him down. Oh, you know what? I'm going to let Derek Lewis think that he's going to get up, and I'm going to put him right back yeah. down. and. constantly it was throughout the whole first round you know as long as it it was like two minutes worth of the first round um back and forth letting lewis get up putting him back down and just kind of taking control of um of the the match this is
1: one of the perfect examples when we say styles make fights right exactly right and once by Showed his game plan of taking him down. We knew what was going to happen. Right. That's not Lewis's forte. It's just not, and it's unfortunate that it happens to be uh, a fight where Lew- Lewis hasn't even been himself lately. Right. Like I, I like I feel like he's got one foot out the octagon at this point. I, I, and and it goes back to the Fedor uh, conversation we had earlier. Like. He keeps stacking up losses, and his career went from "Oh my gosh, the guy was crazy good" to now I'm like, uh, I I don't want right. to see this happen to him or, anymore. Oh, we I'm see a fan. him. Yeah, or
0: we see him. We'll probably see him again in like three months. I know. I mean, because there's no damage at all, right? No. So, so why but not? But do I wanna? But and and they'll probably put him as a main event, right? I yes. mean, he's yes. just that. I guess. And that's not a knock on him or anything because that's good on him because, you know, he demands that. He's a popular fighter. Um, But are we seeing the last of him? You know, are we seeing him, like you said, one foot out of the octagon and um, almost heading into retirement?
1: Again, the word of this podcast for me is sad. I'm sad. It made me sad that I had to see uh, one of my favorite fighters who... Looked great. He looked physically he looked great. But at, yeah. at this point, the last
0: two fights a shell of a man right now. Right. I don't even think di- you know? I mean, I don't even think I remember seeing him even landing a shot, right? Throwing a shot and trying to He didn't
1: have the pregame uh Derek Lewis that I'm used to where he's banging his chest and I'm yeah. the beast and I'm fixing to mess you up. Right. He just didn't have that enthusiasm like he didn't want to be there. And we all know that a lot of boxing and MMA is uh, some physical, but a lot of mental. Yeah, and he's just not mentally there right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's a that's very true. Um, because we know what he's capable of. Yeah, we know what kind of Derek Lewis, what, what kind of a fighter he is, what he brings to the table. Um, it is disappointing that you know we didn't get to see that, but. The surprising side of this, Uh, Spivak wins by submission, arm triangle in the first round. He's now 13 and 3, ranked 11th, was ranked 11th um, last week, now in the top 10. What do you think is next for him?
1: Yeah, 16 and 3, 7 and 3 in the UFC, a big win against a big name opponent. Uh, He came out uh, afterwards in, in the interview and said, Today, this is my time. Polar bear is here, polar bear is coming. Spivak said following the victory, Give me someone from the top five. John Jones was one name on his lips. So, what do you think about
0: that? Well, of course, he's not going to get John Jones, right? That, no. Or Cyril gone because no. they're, they're locking horns. Tom Aspinall is um, hurt, is hurt yep. right? Uh, he's already lost to, he's already yes. beat Taitou Yavasa. So, I have a name. Do you have the same name? I I have a Alexander Volkov. You read my notes. Right. At number seven. And yep. I don't, I think that's a good wrestling match. I think it's a, I think they're gonna, the style's gonna make the fight in that one. Yeah. Um. If not, if that doesn't happen, you know, how about just jumping up to uh, seeing a uh, Jarzino Rosenstra. Sure. I, I'm open for that. But again, Spive gonna
1: take him down. Yeah,
0: that's it. Because I mean,
1: Rosenstra wants to bang, yeah, he doesn't exactly. wanna be on the ground.
0: What do you think's next for our idol, Derek Lewis?
1: Twenty-six and 11, 17 and nine. Now in the UFC, everybody knows I love some Derek Lewis, but his performance just wasn't good at all. He's now one and four in his last five fights. To me, it looks like his heart and his head is not into fighting right now. He's thirty-seven years old. Maybe riding off in the sunset should be next for him at this point.
0: Well, I have a name here that you do. Okay. That's uh, t- I think typically prescribed for people that are. Are trying to get or their name or get back into the game or get okay. their hopes up. Okay, how about Augusto Sakai? Okay, I mean I feel like Augusto of Sakai is that that he,
1: and he's going to stand and bang. That, yeah, that, he'll that, stand that, and that bang. would that would work. Yeah, yeah, I'm just, in for
0: that. Yeah, just get him get that blood churning
1: again yeah. for that. Yeah.
0: Well, where do you put your bar on this? Uh, I want to say from what I saw it. I didn't see too many of them, but um, you know there was a lot of decisions. There was some some really good KOs in there too, but um, uh, I'm going to say about a 7-ish. Ooh, boy, you're being nice. It, uh, yeah, I am being nice. Six
1: five. Yeah. We we did pre six, and I think it almost. And, hit and it that. lasted late into the night, didn't it? It did. It was really strange because I was trying to get it on my my mobile app, yeah. and it just kept like showing the same. Same uh, fight over and over again. I didn't. Know, I think they had technical different uh, difficulties or something like of that. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think um, from from what I was listening to or reading is that um, some parts it was still two in the morning. Yeah, that's what I heard. To, uh, east coast. To, yeah, in the east coast. Yeah. Um, so what do you think? Uh, you know, given that it was a six point five, do you think that we had any performance awards? I say there should be none.
1: <laughs> <But> <laughs> well, we, we did have did, one right? in
0: okay. in the main event in oh. the main. Card, who was it? Because I have no idea. Uh, Sergi Spivak,
1: okay, yeah, that makes sense. So Make right? his fifty thousand yeah. dollars,
0: okay. Well, that wraps up our UFC fight night, um, Vegas 68. Um, Sergi Spivak versus D- Derek Lewis. Now, on to our next stop, and which is. UFC 284 Makashiv versus Volkanovski this fr- this Saturday, February 11th, live from RAC Arena in Perth, Australia. Kicking off our show, uh, we do have the first um, fight for us Jack Della Magdalena versus Randy Brown in a welterweight division class.
1: This is at 170 pounds. Leon Edwards is our current champion. Now, Jack Della Madalena is 26 years old, 13 and 2, with 11 KOs, one submission, and one decision. He is currently ranked 26 in this division. His last fight was a win by TKO in the first round, November of last year, and he is on a 13 fight win streak. Now, Randy Rude Boy Brown is 32 years old, 16 and 4, with 6 KOs, 5 submissions, and 5 decisions. He is currently ranked 21st in this division. His last fight was a win by decision, October of last year, and he is on a four-fight win streak. Now, Madelina is a minus three thirty, and Brown is a plus two eighty.
0: Jack della Maddalena is from Perth, Australia. He stands at five eleven with a seventy-three inch reach. Um, if I representing Scrappy MMA, notable wins come against Danny Roberts, Rapsan Emive, and Pete Rodriguez. Notable losses come against Darcy Vendi and Al. Alden Bates Randy Brown is from Queens, New York He stands at 6'3 With a 78 inch reach Representing Bowducken MMA Notable wins come against Francisco Trinaldo Chaos Williams And Jared Gooden Notable losses come against Vicente Luque Nico Price And Bilal Muhammad This is one match that I Out loud cursed Because Why? I didn't know who to pick Oh
1: yeah, and, and the interesting part about it is he's on a thirteen fight win streak, which means his pro career he started 0 and two and now he's
0: Yeah. Th- he's thirteen fight win yeah. streak, yeah.
1: I mean I'm I'm excited about this fight and I I don't think it's as even as what you think in your head. I think Madalena is just gonna gonna walk right through him KOing The only thing the first that round.
0: concerns me is uh is the height difference. Yeah. Six three and five and eleven. I mean, Which, which is, one's 511? Uh Randy Brown. Um, and with the 70 with a, 70, yeah, with a yeah. he has a 5-inch reach reach streak, oh, reach advantage. Yeah. Um so that's I mean, but Madalena l- likes to grapple too. I mean, he he likes to take people down and so um man, but I'm going to go ahead and also take Jack Madalena by TKO in the third round. Okay. Next up on the card, we have the co-main event for the evening. Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett in a featherweight division class. This is at 145 pounds. Alex
1: Volganowski is our current champion. Now, this is for the interim featherweight title. Now, Yair El Pantera Rodriguez is 30 years old, 14-3 with 5 KOs, 3 submissions, and two, 6 decisions. He is currently ranked 5th in this division. His last fight was a win by TKO in the first round of July of last year, and he is 2-1. In his last three fights. Now Josh Emmett is thirty-seven years old, eighteen and two with six KOs, two submissions, and ten decisions. He is currently ranked fifth in his in this division. His last fight was a win by decision, June of last year, and he is on a five-fight win streak. Now Rodriguez is a minus one sixty-five. Emmett is a plus one forty.
0: Yairi Rodriguez is from Parar, Mexico. He stands at 5'11", with a 71-inch reach, representing Kings MMA. Notable wins come against Brian Ortega, Jeremy Stevens and BJ Penn. Notable losses come against Max Holloway and Frankie Edgar. Josh Emmett is from Phoenix, Arizona. He stands at 5'6", with a, reach, with a 70-inch reach, representing Team Alpha Male. Notable wins come against Calvin Cater, Dan Ige, and Sean Burgos. Shane Burgos. Notable losses come against Jeremy Stevens and Desmond Green.
1: Well, like you said last fight, this one for me is a coin flip. This is a tough one for
0: me. Yeah, this was a tough one for me too. Josh Emmett. I mean, gosh, he's on a what? Four fight winning streak? Five fight Five? wins,
1: yeah.
0: I'm going to have to stay stay with Yarir Rodriguez um, by decision win.
1: Okay, well, I'm going to go to the exact, uh, exact opposite. I'm going with Emmett. But I do like the decision.
0: All right. Well, next on the card, we do have the main event of the evening. Islam Makashev versus Alexander Volkanovsky in a lightweight division clash.
1: This is at 155 pounds. Islam Makashev is our current champion. Now, this is for his lightweight title. Islam Makashev is 31 years old, 23-1 and with four KOs, 11 submissions, and eight decisions. He is currently ranked first in this division. His last fight was a win by submission in the second round, October of last year, and he is on a 11-fight win streak. Now, Alexander the Great Volganovsky is 34 years old, 25-1 and one, with 12 KOs, three submissions, and 10 decisions. He is currently ranked first in his division. Now, his last fight was a win by decision July of last year and he is on a 22 fight win streak having never lost in the UFC
0: Isa Makashev is from Russia he stands at 5'10 with a 70 inch reach he represents Eagles MMA notable wins come against Charles Oliveira, Bobby Green and Dan Hooker notable losses come against Adriano Martins Alexander Volkanovsky is from Australia. He stands at 5'6". With a 71-inch reach, he represents City Kickboxing. Notable wins come against Max Holloway, The Korean Zombie, and Brian Ortega. Notable losses come against Corey Nelson.
1: I'm pretty speechless over this fight for me. I mean, I know you're not as excited about it as I am, but, I mean, 11-fight win streak versus a 22-fight win streak? I mean, I don't know if this isn't the... Best super fight of all time so far in the it's, UFC. It's probably the
0: best underrated super fight. Yeah, yeah. An elite. I don't think that there's a lot of hype. As much hype as going into it. If if
1: I threw these stats out to just a you know it's 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 not going to be a MMA purist. It's just a, a common fan or whatever, and I said, all right. 22-fight win streak guy against 11-fight win streak. Who do you think's favored? They would go Voganowski. And guess what? Voganowski is the underdog right. at a minus not 140, at a minus 300. You know, I mean, I'm sorry, a plus 300. Plus 300. Yeah, he's an underdog at a plus
0: 300. You know, the surprising thing, I mean, look at the heights. I mean, I don't know why this episode has become the height. Yeah, the heights height, for you. The yeah. height um, for today. But um, uh, 5'10 versus 5'6. I did not realize... Uh, I didn't realize Volkanovski was 5'6". 5'6", he's smaller than me? Yeah. Oh my gosh. But he's got
1: the longer reach. This is a crazy fight. crazy fight. Like, um, if, if you were to see the fight in your head, do you
0: see the standing? Do you see
1: this going to the ground real quick? What do you
0: think? I, I think going to the ground as fast as he can for Makhachev. Yeah. I mean, I think that's his MO. I mean, of course he does have power. He does he can knock people out. Um but I think Makhachev is trained ingrained by that um by that Khabib uh Nurmagomedov training um to get your opponent onto the ground and and yeah. and beat him up. Smash him. Okay. Well, who do you like smashing who then? Well, I'm going to go ahead and go with the favorite, Makashev, defending his title by decision win.
1: Okay. And I like Volganovsky shocking the world, and I like a knockout
0: in the second round. I would love to see that. Oh, a knockout would be amazing. I don't think it's scripted that way. But, but. <laughs> that's him staying
1: away from the submission prowess of mo
0: that's him timing that attempted takedown and getting a nice knee up the middle and yes getting him knocked out.
1: so where's our pre-bar set on this pay-per-view um
0: I'm gonna go ahead and give it a, a good eight a solid eight a solid eight I okay. don't know if um I don't know if I like the all the names there's not at, the star power is not it's as not. there as it normally but we do have a great co-main event Jack Magdalena is a, another name that's for perform- uh, that's rising in the divisions. Yep. And so, but I'm going to go solid eight. I'm
1: going to go seven, five. I'm going to set the bar a little lower. That way it It could be overachieve for me.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that wraps up our UFC 284 preview. Um, Now onto our MMA news and notes. Dana
1: White shuts down goat talk after Fedor Ilomenko's retirement. Dana White is not letting retirement change his opinion on Fedor. There is a well-documented history of disputes between White and Fedor over the years, with the pride heavyweight champion's major career knock being that he never fought in the UFC. White comes out and says at the post-past conference, I don't want... To crap on this guy. He's retired tonight and all that stuff. But you guys know all the interviews with me. I have never thought Fedor was all that. I mean, he got knocked out by a middleweight Dan Henderson. You know what I mean? White continued, said people liked him, so they praised him. But he never got to test himself over here. I never was one of the guys that thought he was one of the greatest of all time.
0: How does that make you feel?
1: He's got a strong argument. Yeah. I mean, he does. um, You know, when you look at the list of names he's fought, yeah, he does have a few good names from the Pride. Mm -hmm. But when he started coming over here to fight against a Ryan Bader, against a Dan Henderson, he just didn't quite live up. Now, you can argue that he was past his prime, but, you know... At one time, back in the day, I thought he was a GOAT. But as the UFC, UFC or Mixed Monster Arts has matured, I don't know if he's a GOAT.
0: Well, let's look at some of his names that he has on his resume He uh, for win, winning. He has a Mark Hunt win. Yeah. Mark Coleman. Yeah. Um, Mirko Krokop. Mirko Krokop. Yeah. Yes. Um,
1: that was a big win for him.
0: Antonio Nogueira. That's a big win. Yeah. Uh, Andre Ovalowski.
1: That's a big one back in the
0: day. Uh, let's see. Um, You're changing my mind. Stop. I know. For, <laughs> uh, f- I think he has Fabrizio. Oh, no. He's got a loss against Fabrizio Verdun. Um, m- let's see. Frank Mir. He's got a win against Frank Mir. A pass his prime, though, Mir was. Chel Sonnen. Got a win against Chel Passes Sonnen. Another pass for his prime. prime. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then let's look at some of his losses, right? Um, his losses being... Um, Coming in uh, the force era, uh, Fabricio Verdum, Antonio Silva, uh, Dan Henderson, uh, Matt Matron. Matt Matreon. Matreon, yeah. Yep. Uh, Ryan Bader, and again, Ryan Bader. So yeah, I mean. But again, he was past his prime. I mean, he's 46 years old.
1: Yeah, I so mean. So when
0: was he past his prime? Like, when was his 40s.
1: Prime? I, I mean, early. So six 40- years ago? <laughs> I felt felt like it was, yeah. I mean, if you look at, at his resume, yeah. I mean, he was yeah, still losing right. then, right?
0: Well, six years ago, he was fighting um, Chael Sonnen and yeah, Frank Yeah, past his prime. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, I
1: thought he was a GOAT, but my ma- maturity level of uh, knowledge of MMA now says he's not the GOAT.
0: Mm. Well, I mean, no. well... Did you see that that picture that he took with all the uh, veteran so uh, fighters? So amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. Very amazing. Hoist Gracie was in there. Yeah. I was like,
1: oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Brampage Jackson. Yeah, saw that. Sonnen yeah. was there Chelsea. too. Yeah, um, just a cool photo.
0: Yeah, cool sure. photo. They yeah. should have done it before the fight, in my opinion. Probably <laughs> should have, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but, well, our hats off to Fedor. Incredible um, watching him. Thanks for the memories. Yeah, thank you for the memories. Well, um, the UFC is looking now to open up a new performance institute, this time in Mexico City. It will be the third performance institute training facility um, that will be built, um, and it should be open probably the fourth quarter of 2023. What do you think about that? you think it's a, uh, a way to open more doors for fighters that are coming from Latin America?
1: I think so, yeah. I mean, I think it's important that, that we continue to spread – this awesome sport into other countries and give them an opportunity because you know they won't be at a disadvantage if they have a performance center where they can train and learn about MMA and become a better fighter
0: yeah it looks like the uh, UFC also has a performance center in China so it's going to be designed similarly just like that it's a multi-million dollar facility uh, where uh, probably it's going to be more than 32,000 square feet uh, about the same size as the original complex in Las Vegas. So yeah, hats off to the UFC to um, recognizing that there is a need for Latin America to uh, have a place to um uh, to to train and you know have a step a starting point for these fighters. Yep. So we have two new coaches for the Ultimate Fighter
1: 31. Do you know? Have you seen who the the fighters are going to be to coach?
0: Actually, I have. Okay. So, uh, one is probably your favorite fighter. One is my boy, Michael yeah, Chandler. Chandler. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, not <laughs> Connor. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah, That's definitely. That's going to be an amazing show. I think I might even tune in because I didn't tune in the last time. Yeah. Um. So, uh, you know what? This is going to be amazing. It's going to be a lot of smack talk. It's It was one thing to even get that fight, you know, to yeah, get Connor to come
1: out of whatever retirement he's doing right now and, and pick a fight with one of the best guys in that division. And then to somehow persuade him to be have a commitment over eight weeks, whatever it is, to be a coach? I mean, this is really going to be a huge buildup for this massive fight.
0: Um, yeah, Connor McGregor versus uh, Michael Chandler. Uh, they're both going to lead up to the fight by coaching their respective teams and the ultimate fighter, um, and then ultimately have a, a, a pay-per-view. Uh, I don't think it's been set yet, has it? It has not. Yeah, so but eventually we'll get that big fight. Um man, are are you picking Chandler to win? Well, let me ask you this. The bet, betting odds are out. Who's favored, who's
1: not favored, who what do you think?
0: I think right now without looking at um the Conor McGregor, I think Chandler's probably favored right now.
1: You're correct, yeah. but so
0: is McGregor. Oh, so, so they both are a minus 110. Ah. So it's basically a coin flip. I just think that I want to see what Conor McGregor... Because he's been inflated the last couple of months, right? Last year or so. He's been really big. And now he's got to cut all that weight to get to the physique of Michael Chandler My, you know Michael Chandler probably has like no fat on him like zero oh fat. no yeah I know I know. and he trains so I mean I respect Michael Chandler <clears throat> um, so much you know his uh, his ability to weight train and lose all that weight and yeah have you ever seen the uh, embedded episodes where he's in the train in the sauna just sweating yeah, yeah and everything? Isn't he is and I respect that um, I don't can, can Connor do the same thing that's that's just a I I don't know if he can do that, but he's done it before, I'm sure.
1: Well, we've we've said in other episodes, can you get out of his uh silk sheets and out of his silk pajamas to to make this a legitimate fight? I don't know that answer. Uh and even though it is my boy and I expect him to win, uh Conor picked a a, a Raw in this corner man. He sure did. I mean, this guy back,
0: brings it to come back from yeah. the injury. Um and your first fight being Michael Chandler. I mean, I'm sure there's other names that could have been out there. Um, uh, Rafael Dos Anjos was calling his name out.
1: But here's the thing. Styles make fight, and that Rafael Dos Anjos, you know what he's going to do? He's just going to take McGregor yeah. down. I mean, the Achilles heel of McGregor, for the most part, he's has a been yeah. a takedown, right? Yeah. Well, guess what? Chandler is not going to do that. He's he does not. not care about winning the fight. He cares about entertaining yeah, a fight, and this, this is going to be an entertaining fight Well, hopefully fight.
0: Uh, uh, Chandler can uh, finally get a win
1: Oh, wow <laughs> You threw that one over the bow, didn't you? That's <laughs>
0: yeah, true, though That yeah, is true, it's true You can't yeah. argue that point No, but hats off to, yeah I mean, it's going to be a great fight um, I think right now, looking at it, for fore, uh, my foresight, I guess, looking at the crystal ball I'm going to say um, Michael Chandler for the win I like Michael Chandler
1: for the knockout
0: in the second round. All right. Well, it looks like um, your favorite you, we just talked about your favorite fighter. Um, we're going to be talking about my favorite fighter for a lot longer now because Sean O'Malley has signed an eight fight UFC contract extension.
1: Wow. Eight fights. I think that's overblowing it, right? Don't you think? I do. I mean, so Three's basically, enough, right? And it's probably guaranteed eight fights. Yeah, it looks like so. He he's going to go fights. zero and eight. That's what I'm going to see. Zero and eight, O'Malley.
0: He could, and he still be, he can go zero
1: and five and still be under contract. Yeah, I had to throw that shot back <laughs> over your bow, <laughs> but wow, that's incredible. But I mean, he's a rising star. I mean, people love to watch him fight, and he's a great
0: fighter. And the thing is that it's not a. This contract is probably not just because his style, his fighting style. It's also everything else that he brings to the table. Social media, all the um the Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Did I just say Facebook? Am I that old? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all that too. So I think that's the other yeah, um, uh, strategy You're right. behind that. Yeah. Do you have any other MMA news in I do not. All right. Well that wraps up our MMA segment for this week. Uh now on to our Pick'em League. Okay, well, we got back into the action.
1: Uh, we sent out the picks, got the responses. You ended up going three and zero in boxing and one and two in Ooh, MMA. Dang. So your win total is now at twenty nine. Okay. Now I went three and zero in boxing and also three and zero in MMA. <sighs> so I wow. caught you, and I'm only behind by one point. I'm at twenty eight.
0: Well, well, that's not catching me. Well, I was way far behind, so I kinda see you in the distance a little bit. <laughs> uh, and you know, I wanna throw like a yellow flag or, or something because I think the last time we did pickums and we didn't count it, yeah. I was undefeated or something like you that. You were like you That's the,
1: crazy. yeah, you yeah. you went like six and 0. It was crazy. <laughs> and I went like one and one. Yeah, and you sure did. Yeah, yeah, you sure
0: did. So oh, wow. So
1: yellow flag right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. Well but, for our players, uh we have Shane at twenty. We have Dom at twenty one. Loretta at 26, Omar at 27, Everett at 27, I'm at 28, Lynn is at 28, Daniel, you're at 29, and Dan is leading
0: it at 34. All right. Well, a couple more weeks of this, and uh, then we'll finally crown a brand new champion. Yes. uh, After our, our... Hall of Famer has retired or semi-retired. Semi-retired, yeah. I think, yeah. So maybe she'll come back. Yep. But, um, yeah, we'll have a brand-new champion. Um, keep in, keep sending those votes. If Even if you haven't started already, just feel free to jump in at any time. We would love to have you join in our um, Pick'em League.
1: And as always, always check out Facebook or Instagram for any late-breaking
0: MMA, combat, or boxing news thank you to everyone that continues to listen to our show we hope to be back next week with a recap of this week's fights and predictions um again be sure to follow us on our social media that's it for this week i'm daniel and i'm alan have a great week everyone and keep your hands up and happy fighting we'll see you next week